On this episode of the Packing Up Pod, we talk about our big win in Houston. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod and our new website, PackersPodcast.com. Third down and five. Rogers, same side. And this time, it's in the hands of Lazard. Incredible play. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to Sunday's Praise Be LaFleur Worshipin' because we head down to Texas with second string. Rogers to Devante got me going. Schwing! And we officially vote for Jair Healthcare so that nobody catches anything on the Pack It Up Packers podcast. Hey! Ooh, I like that. I vote for Jair. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, hey, hey. Gentlemen, the Aaron Rodgers MVP race is back on. <laughs> it never ended. <laughs> Hell. Uh, Tampa, I, Bay was, Tampa Bay is a stellar defense. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people, though, saying Rodgers couldn't recover from that. And now Russell Wilson goes and loses. Josh Allen looks like trash. Mm-hmm. And Rodgers comes right back, like we predicted. Yeah. yeah. So the final score, 35-20, late down uh, by the Texans. But, I mean, this game, I, I don't feel like there was at any point where there was any nerves. It was an absolute back-to-good-old offense taking care of business. Jamal Williams had a huge day, as Josh predicted. Devontae Adams, God, he's good i still Man. can't believe people need to discuss whether he's top five he is so you know, freaking good we talked about how their secondary was a weak spot and the only reason i didn't predict Devonte as my mvp was because i'd tried predicting him as mvp against the buccaneers and it didn't pan out so i'm like well i can't go for him two weeks in a row then i'm just riding that train too hard and then he just puts up a day his stats are just ridiculous well and i can't believe houston like it it in the first half, who did we go to? Devontae Adams, Jamal Williams. And then they didn't change their game plan on defense, on how they were covering us. They, they consistently left Devontae Adams single coverage, nobody over top in the second half. Like, what are you doing? Like, you are going to lose every time against Devontae. They they even tried pressing him with their strong safety at one point, yeah, Eric yeah. Murray. And that was, that was his second touchdown. And his second touchdown should have been actually earlier in the game. That should have been his third touchdown. Vernon Hargraves was outmatched, and then he gets hurt. Or no, excuse me, Roby gets hurt, and then they throw Philip Gaines on him, who was mm-hmm. even more outmatched. Ugh, De- Devontae, you are a treasure. He just really watch, is. Just watching him go to work. I mean, when he's healthy for a full game, he's worth 10 catches and 100 yards. It's insane. Except yeah, against yeah. Carlton Davis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he mean he didn't have a horrible day in g- getting no. six reception but regardless it just had the same feeling as minnesota and then i think it was last year versus detroit where it's just like when a guy gets into double digit receptions at some point you got to go look this is he's killing us he's literally killing us and they didn't do anything about it and the amount of times that he just had open space he had 10 yards alone on the touchdown run where it was just like nobody thought twice about covering him uh it, it was there- absolutely unbelievable 
There was, though, the Texans slightly adjusting, and it was LaFleur play calling. It was a two-play sequence in the first half. So he had already gotten 114 yards, and there was this two-play sequence where the Texans started to double him, and immediately LaFleur calls a play where the first one was a dump-off right underneath where Devontae had ran off his two guys, and they left the receiver underneath to catch an easy like 10-yard hitch, however many yards it was. And then the play right after that, the nickel corner – was focusing on Devontae and kind of drew his zone coverage out towards the sideline a little further than you normally would, and we just ran right where he should have been lined up like an outside linebacker. So we did – I mean, the Texans adjusted a little bit, but LaFleur came right back once he saw it and just made our play calls perfectly aligned to be like, oh, you want to double him? You're leaving a soft spot in the rest of the field then. We'll take advantage of that. Yeah, and I saw a few people being like, well, it's a little nerve-wracking that Adams had 200 of the 283 that – Here's the thing. If they're not stopping it, who cares? And you know what? I appreciate the fact that the other two touchdown passes went to Malik Taylor and Jace. Like, cool. Let's spread it around. Let's gain the confidence. I think Jamal looked absolutely insane. He was running well. When uh, he got popped and his helmet went flying to jump up right away, it was like, yes, Mm -hmm. this is it. And it was awesome to see him get that rushing touchdown late. Um, Tanyan, Mercedes, everybody did what they needed to do. I thought the blocking was by far, uh, Devontae's the MVP, but this mm-hmm. whole line, when yeah. I heard Billy Turner <laughs> was going to be starting for Bakhtiari's position, I threw up in my mouth because I go, this is how it, it all falls apart because is Wagner going to be able to keep up with JJ and is, is Billy Turner going to do what he needs to do? That was the cleanest game that they've had all season. One QB hit. That was it. Cleanest game all season. Yeah. I was shocked. I mean, we did have a little help with some penalties on a couple sacks that they probably should have had. Um, but yeah, I was shocked how good Billy Turner did on the left side. How, where, where did this come from? Is he just not good on the right side? I mean, like, um, but yeah, applause to the offensive line, even Lucas Patrick, like he was doing great things in the middle on the, on the right guard side. So, uh, yeah, good things to see with our backups just showing up. It, It just shows you, it, it helps to be a really good team when you have depth because injuries happen every year and somebody needs to step up. And it's just refreshing to see that we have that depth this year. Injuries happen every year. Our injury report looks like one of those scrolls that starts unfolding and just keeps going <laughs> and going and going. You're like, just name your favorite Packer. They're on that list right now. We got to get healthy without a bye week the rest of the year. But I, I agree. The line only allowing one quarterback hit was awesome. Jamal Williams enjoying himself is is fun to watch because, like you said, Ryan, he runs so damn hard. And then for him to get up and dance or just, you know, bob his head like he's having a blast, it it feels like all of us are back playing at high school just enjoying the game. And the guy's, you know, fighting for a multi-million dollar contract. So he did. He did. Although he had a great game, he had a pass block play that he whiffed on the blitzer. Mm -hmm. Cunningham was the blitzer and almost just annihilated Rodgers. Rodgers was lucky enough to to step up and avoid it. Somehow he saw it last second. And Jamal had a bad drop on a screen pass that just looked like that uncoordinated yeah. guy that like tries to vice grip a football. But what a what a joy to have him as your second running back. To know that yeah. Aaron Jones can come back healthy and be your dude and that's your backup. 
he averaged 4.1 yards per carry and his longest run was 13 yards like it's he was just so consistent throughout the whole entire day and he was drawing more eyes in the passing game and created yes Um, people knew that he was a threat in the passing game i thought he would get more passing yards but they were focusing on him so it created some opportunities for some others a way to bring that up jonathan vilma the color commentator even pointed out the play action biting from the linebackers that was happening and i called that in the pregame and i said watch tyrell adams number 50 you want to know who jay sternberger's touchdown was against Mm -hmm. tyrell adams off of play action he just he just bites so hard it was easy money so i'm glad lafleur saw that on film too um what scares me though a little bit there's this trend happening Rodgers wasn't all that accurate, and specifically with tight ends, he seems to not be able to hit one in stride. He missed Mercedes on that obvious one last week, but he was even a little off on Jace's touchdown, and he made Tanyan dive when no one was in front of him and what could have been like a 70 or 80 yarder if he could have outrun Roby after catching it, but he, he had him open on deep route and just overthrew him. And that that's not even getting to the receiver standpoint where we can talk about MBS, but Rodgers can't seem to hit a tight end on target. And that's kind of a story of his career, I guess. But it's a trend that we should keep an eye on. Oh, was that a buzzkill for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, because even I think it was right before Devontae's touchdown, Devontae had an incompletion. He put his hand up. He was just like, there's no way I'm getting that. And yeah, uh, yeah. I, I did want to bring up, you know, we've been bringing up that we've had issues, you know, scoring in the red zone or short distance, but we are seventh best in red zone efficiency so far this year to score touchdown, you know, coming at 88% over the last three weeks, 72% on the year. Um, But with, with our offense being so good, I don't think we need our defense to start creating turnovers. If we're Mm going to take it to the next level, our offense is there. We, we are doing it with no namers. Um, I mean, Devonte and Jamal handled it themselves this whole entire game and Aaron Rodgers. Um, but this defense needs to take it to the next level. Yeah, I love that you said no namers. We've got Aaron Rodgers, Hall of Famer, Devonte Adams, top five quarterback, Aaron Jones, top 10 running back. But I, I know your point. And before we get off the offense, I totally agree. Watching the defense even have a good game against the Texans, the pass rush finally showed up a little bit they created some some pressures there we got to talk about mbs for a second right Mm -hmm. i mean if you don't hit this guy in stride he just doesn't seem what what i think he lacks is the body control to make adjustments on the ball so i don't think he can fill a role for you of anything other than a burner and and a burner is fine as a third or fourth or fifth receiver but he, he can't come out of cuts and find the ball or make adjustments midair for a back shoulder. I know I'm saying that while he had that diving grab where he just got annihilated a few weeks back, and, and we gave him credit for that one. But but there's a stat that hit the internet today, guys. I, I keep referencing PFF, but this one's pretty interesting. Of receivers who have played every game and averaged more than two catchable balls per game, He's the only wide receiver in the entire NFL with a drop rate over 20%. Wow. Oh, no. That's our number two. Uh, well, I brought yeah. it up in a text message before we jumped on here. Uh, and I was going to end the um, podcast with a question of the trade deadline is now officially a week away. Um, it scares me a little bit because while I do think we have a lot of players that can catch the ball – 
you're looking at Devonte Adams, number one. You would hope Lazard when he gets healthy, but who knows what a player returning after being out two months looks like. I mean, whether you're looking at um, Malik Taylor, Shepard, any of these guys, EQ, I'm not – they're serviceable in terms of, I guess, if you he's the fourth check down on a play. Yep, great. Malik's open. Good. I really, really think in the trade deadline, we need to look at that extra fourth and fifth round pick we have. Somebody is going to give away something that is that can get us a top three receiver. I really, truly think it. And maybe not one, maybe not two. We need a third receiver that we feel comfortable with because it's just – it does scare me that, yeah, Devontae went off. But my my confidence level with just about everybody is, yeah, they'll probably catch it, but they're also going to make ginormous drops. I I agree with you, but I don't think the Packers will do it because they want to run their offense through their tight ends and running backs so much. Um, once I'm, I think they're counting on Alan Lazard to come back. I mean, he's having a great he was having a great year before he went out. Yeah, it's a gamble, um, but I think that's a gamble the Packers normally take as opposed to signing and bringing somebody in that doesn't know the system mid-year. Yes, it would be awesome uh, just to have that depth of one more guy that can be athletic and actually pull off just, you know, one-on-one catch-in-the-air type of action. Um, but I, I just don't see the Packers doing it. Yeah, it's it's the trending internet game. But what I would like to see before diving into like a full episode on it would be who's the list of wide receivers that's actually available. Not just ones that the internet has determined would be fun to see with a different quarterback. Uh, And without that list, the Packers are always very conservative. So it's easy to say they won't do anything, but they did go hunting for Robbie Anderson last year. Like there were a lot of phone calls being made. So I'm sure they're working the phones. They're always just very quiet. So we're not going to get rumors of, you know, who they're chasing, uh, probably until it's done. But if if there's ever a year to make that move, I know you're running it. You're running the offense through your tight ends and running backs. But it is clear as day that you need some more weapons on the outside because Devontae's healthy 70 percent of the time. And when it gets to cold weather, y- you need more than just one guy to stretch the field. And w- we're showing that it's him. So I'd love to see him make a move. Will they actually do it? I don't know. This is our life as Packers fans. They they never make the move that's right in front of their face. So let's switch over to the defense, which, uh, again, a late touchdown kind of skews it a little bit, but they played awesome. And if you're talking about Watson, who we were worried about, you know, getting outside the pocket and doing damage, uh, Will Fuller, thank you, Jair, for not Woo! accepting anything. It's unbelievable what he's able to accomplish. Uh Zadarius, I thought, played a lot better. Preston Smith played a lot better. But I wanted to start here with guys stepping up, particularly Vernon Scott, Mr. Black, and kind of this uh, new-formed middle linebacker crew in terms of Barnes once again showing up before going injured, and Kamal Martin. What do you guys think? Can we throw in Raven Green and Will Redmond, even though he wasn't perfect? I mean, all, all these guys stepped up in injuries. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I, I want to give a lot of credit to Pettin in this game. He's been receiving a lot of flack on his game plan and just overall schemes. He put people in the right place in this game. He put people in the right place to succeed. Uh, you saw people doing things that they haven't done before. Amos, you know, getting a sack. Uh, we had a fumble. Uh, we actually had a turnover. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um uh, and the, the defensive line, four people were getting pressure consistently. 
I mean, you saw Bo Smith in the backfield. You saw Lowry getting in it. Kiki, he didn't have the stats, but he was all over the place. He he, Mm -hmm. uh, stopped two screenplays from happening because he diagnosed them before they even could develop. I mean, it, it was very impressive what our defense pulled off. And and Gary had a sack. It was called back on offsides by Kenny Clark. Just just need my boy to get some aye, some aye, rep aye. there. It, the the Zadaria sack was a, a combo pressure by Preston and Kiki, where they they made Deshaun escape it, and Zadaria was sitting there waiting for him. So I'd, I think that was huge. Jair was the defensive MVP. You got to give the MVP of the game to Devontae for putting up those stats, but. To shut down Will Fuller, who's been putting up, you know, six to eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown every game, and he was unheard of. It was insane. His first catch was against Raven Green. His last catch was a zone that Jair was kind of watching uh, Ty Summers and Henry Black, um, you know, try to cover Will Fuller, and and Jair had the outside covered, so he couldn't help out, and that's where he scored his touchdown. But he is a special talent, and boy, for him to just take your number one weapon off the field, it, it's so much fun. But, Josh, um, this one's to you, man. You ready for this? What? I've got two points to make, and and both are going to make you take a sip of that drink. Chris Barnes might have to stay our starter. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have it on my notes right here. I was about to say. (laughs) I'm watching the game back, and I'm like, I – I mean, you don't bench Kirksey. He he comes back and he plays, but he's a rotational player now. He's not your surefire, you know, in on every play middle linebacker the way Chris Barnes is playing. The guy's in on every tackle. If he's not making it, he's diving on the pile afterwards, as long as his yeah. right shoulder is okay. And and here's my second one, Josh. Josh Jackson played fine today. He did. That's your did. that's your big moment. Yes. That's huge. Not great. For me to admit that. I've I've been so hard on him, but it is clear as day that this year was supposed to be the year Chandon Sullivan took over as our nickel corner. Kadar Holman was the young guy we all thought we'd see more of him. Trade away Josh Jackson, I was saying, get rid of him. We can go get a seventh round draft pick for him. It'll be worth it. He played fine enough that he can be your third corner. Kevin King's out. We talked going in about um, Cooks and Cobb and who's their third receiver? Stills. All these guys that they could create some problems for us, and they really didn't. And you can't just look over Josh Jackson. He played like you would expect a nickel corner to play. Uh, Credit to him. I mean, I'll give you credit on both those calls, Josh. Yeah, he – there's he's serviceable right you right, don't want right. him every single game but he's athletic enough he's been there to make plays yes sometimes he makes mistakes that's why he's not a starter right but he's there and the same thing with Barnes he's there that's what we've been begging from our secondary people linebackers and safeties corners what you name it we need them in on the plays. Smith can't do everything Clark can't do everything they need help and finally, people are showing up at the line of scrimmage there. You know, it's not five yards downfield. They're making plays in the backfield. Um, we had seven and a half tackles for loss. Seven and a half boys. I mean, I think come on. 13 pressures was the number I saw, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and they did it in different ways than what they have been doing. Um, I like Amos blitzing. He needs to be blitzing more. 
Um, Savage, possibly not. Uh, I don't think he's big <laughs> enough. He's not getting through as well as Amos did in this game. But, you know, it was the Texans. Yeah, and um, we sent we sent six on that one. So he's the free man every time. That is true. That is true. Did, here's the question for you guys. While watching the game, did you notice that Savage was missing? No. Mm-mm. No. Right? It's like when you take PTO from work and your boss either realizes that you're invaluable or you're useless. Like, what was he working on? Because nothing came my way. Like, I didn't get any escalated emails. Or you leave the office and they have to deal with all the junk you left behind. They're like, oh, please come back to work. Please come back to work. I I think we just realized that he's still at least at this point in his career. And it's, it's young still. But he's still a replaceable piece of this defense. And I hate oh, yeah. saying that because I'm rooting for him, but this is why we are the independent Pack It Up Packers pod. <laughs> we don't bring them on the podcast because then we'd have to talk about – we'd have to talk nice about them. We get to throw yeah. them under the bus. <laughs> you know, but our, right. our, our secondary is deep for sure, for sure. Yeah, I, I thought about it after the game. I'm like the secondary held up great, and it was obvious that they were attacking certain positions, certain players. And I'll, I'll say that because if you've watched multiple Texans games, they don't normally feature Cobb the way they did. And I, I don't think it, I don't think at the NFL level you feature a certain player to try to spite his old team. They were featuring Cobb to attack specifically Raven Green, Josh Jackson, Will Redmond, whoever was in that position. So they were saying, we'll give you that Jair's locking down Fuller. You think Cobb's got the matchup on whoever you put on him. And that's why Cobb was getting the ball all the time. But the idea that savage was missing really never entered my mind during the game and i think that's a statement that he needs to go prove us wrong when he gets healthy again it's he's got to start making those plays because these guys weren't perfect i one thing that i specifically wanted to call out was raven green when he was passing guys off in zone coverage was Mm -hmm. not great not great at all a lot of completed passes on that zone in between and around raven green so there's plenty for that team to work on but they held up against a dangerous passing game, and that's all we could ask for. Yeah, and Foose, you brought up Kamal Martin. Man, he looks like a power forward out there. He is long, but uh, he looked alone. good. Yeah, yeah, but he, he looked good. Um, he, he was in on plays. He looked a little weak when getting against some guards and some blocks, but um, solid, solid play from him for what is asked of him. You know, there's not a lot being asked of him. He's not in on a ton of plays, but he, he got six, six tackles, uh, in his first showing. So he had way six to go. Tackles. Six tackles. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. Uh, I, I think the reason why I am very optimistic about this defense, considering where we were even like in week three, thinking about what was going to happen is it's young guys stepping up. But young guys that are overly aggressive, which I get can hurt you in certain stances, but Vernon Scott comes to hit. Kamal Martin comes to hit. Chris Barnes comes to hit. Like there's 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 that swagger that we talked about. There's that identity that maybe that's their identity is like they just need to start stepping up and just pounding people. And yeah. I think we're a little harsh on Savage just because I think Amos having such a great game made it seem yeah, as though – I mean if Amos has his normal game where you're just like, oh, man, he looked a little slow in that play, I think we think about it differently. But probably, yeah. I, I do think that we're starting to come into form, and when you have an inside linebacker – this is the this is the most secure I've felt about an inside linebacker crew in a 100%. long time. Because, yes, Blake Martinez made, made tackles, but after that it was just like, oof. If we can get Kirksey healthy, 
Barnes continues to progress. Martin shows us what he has. We have, you know, the safety help and everything coming down to support. Like, I actually what? think that we're, yep. we're, we're okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and how, how Barnes and Martin – okay, so they do make decisions wrong when the play first happens. But how mm-hmm. they react and can recover and how quickly they can recover back into pass coverage when uh, misreading a play action, it, it blows my mind. Barnes does it so many times, and he gets into coverage and blocks, you know, and gets in – in the way of the pass. I mean, it's, it's, it blows my mind how fast his recovery rate is. Man, I, I think it's a statement across the NFL. These guys that are trying to earn their full-time contract for some of these undrafted free agents or second Mm -hmm. contracts. And then once they get to the second contract, you figure out which guys were intrinsically motivated and which ones were just trying to, you know, set up their family with a generational wealth, which no shame on them, but there are certain guys that continue to hustle even when they're not on the screen. And then there's other guys that just sort of stop and I'm not going to call anybody out right now, but there's a certain guy (laughs) in my notes that finally made some plays this week, but I still saw him jogging on the field a few too many times. But yeah, at the depth at middle linebacker, the depth in the secondary, I I think that'll pay dividends that they've all gotten on the field this early in the season. I mean, you're never going to be completely healthy. We're a little banged up right now to, but to have a five and one record and so many guys have shown that they can hold their own. They're not perfect, but they can hold their own. That's huge. So that'll do it for this episode. Boys, Minnesota's back in town. And I can't believe Yay! I can't did you ever, ever, ever in your wildest dreams think that we would be heading into week eight with one loss and they would be heading into week eight with one win? No, <laughs> no, I'm still scared, though. Still scared. Mm, yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> so we'll sharpen our pitchforks and get ready to break that game down at the end of this week. So with that, thanks, everybody. Go, Matt, go. Oh, 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 oh.